Hi, Tutu. It's great to meet you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Richard. Nice to meet you too. Good. Well, look, I'm really been excited, looking forward to this uh, this podcast with you. So, how about we get started straight away, and um, maybe you could start by telling me a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Technis Academy, just to uh, just to kick things off, really. Okay. Um, so my name's Tutu, and I'm the principal at Technis Academy. Uh, Technis Academy is a tutoring school. We provide tuition for children between the ages of two and 18, and it's mostly done uh, virtually. And uh, we are across 10 countries at the moment. We have just under 2,000 kids on our register. Yeah, so we help them with maths, English, sciences, and language, which the language we do right now is French. Okay, thank you. Oh, wow. Okay, that's great, because I didn't actually know what you did, did I? Um, You know, I was really keen to ask you and find out, but I thought we'd save it for the actual podcast before I started to find out about what you did. So, okay, that's great. Would you tell me then how you actually got started with Technis, how it kind of went from maybe an idea into uh, into into a fully fledged business? So I was, because I'm a qualified um, teacher, so I was working in a mainstream school. Um, I also had a little girl at the time, um, but she was she was a bit ill a lot of the time. She needed a lot of attention, and I found out that I was constantly taking time off to look after my child. But before then, I was doing tutoring on the side for students here and there. Some parents would ask me to teach their children. So I was doing that anyway on the side. So I got to a point where I realized that I needed to take some time from my main job to be able to have more time to look after my child, basically take her for hospital appointments. So I left mainstream teaching to focus on just um, tutoring. Okay, thanks for sharing that. I mean, that's an example of a real need for, you know, trying to look at business opportunities and connecting it with um, something that you were already doing and already good at and interested in. It's something that, you know, we talk about quite a lot here when we're helping people start business ideas is around this idea of, you know, is there something that you're good at, something that's maybe a bit of a side hustle, you know, maybe you're doing it in a little bit of spare time. And is it something that you might want to, um, you know, just take that extra little step and for it to become your, you know, your full-time career. So how did you find it then, that transition between something that before was something that you did in, uh, you know, your time when you weren't, uh, you know, at work and looking after your family to actually becoming the main kind of source of maybe income and activity? So I knew I wanted to stay teaching because that's my passion. That's what I love to do. I didn't want to leave the teaching environment. So tutoring allowed that for, for, for me to happen. I can still carry on doing what I absolutely love. It would just be around my own timing and stuff that I wanted to do. 
So I stayed on uh, working as a part-time teacher. Uh, luckily, the school that I was leaving, they still wanted me to, in some sort of capacity. So I stayed back working part-time with them as a supply teacher. So I don't know how, if you know how it works with supply teachers, you mostly work with agencies and they'll tell you where this work today and tomorrow. But the school was happy to keep me coming to them on a regular basis, but as a part-time supply teacher. So I did that. Um, and as well, looking after my kid and building my business until a point where I knew it was time to then focus on my business and, you know, really, really zoom down and just do what I needed to do to, to make it grow. Oh, excellent. That's really, uh, that's really exciting to hear that transition and how it went from, you know, your side hustle to your full-time, full-time career and business. So how, um, how did you go about um, moving from um, maybe using a particular software program for teaching um, and kind of maybe working just, you know, as yourself as an individual? What was it like taking that step into the, the business of Technus Academy? And how did you move from, um, you know, I suppose, how did you brand it into more around the Technus Academy and start to grow your clients and customers? How did all, how's all that taken shape? Um, so initially I was going to people's houses one after the other. Um, I was um, going to teach their children so at one point I was teaching about 20 kids going to different houses um, and then it got to a point where I'm like okay I won't be able to do this anymore would you be able to come to an office and there was 20 of them so I sent all them all messages and 18 of them decided to come with me to the small space I've got a small office space got a table and 18 of them said yeah, we'll be happy to come to you instead. And that's how it all started. So it went from me doing that, doing face-to-face uh, -face tutoring, got a proper office eventually, and we were doing it in one location and we moved across four locations in Kent. And um, and it was okay, but I, what, what that meant is I had teachers working across those four locations, supporting me but then it would mean that every single week I had to find a way of making sure I get to all those four locations as well um, and then COVID hit and so when COVID hit obviously we actually made the decision to stop the tutoring classes before the government announced that we we all had to stay at home because I just didn't feel like it was safe for the students that I teach anymore. I just felt like it was, I felt the duty to stop those classes to protect the kids that we tutor. So we stopped um, the sessions. And at that same time, so I stopped, at that same time, I stopped my part-time job. This was around February, 2020. So I said to them, I'm leaving. I need to go and focus on this. And then COVID hit around that March 2020. So the tutoring was gone out the window and the little part-time job that I had was also gone out the window. So we went from 
uh, us gradually thriving business to nothing in March 2020. And, and so that's where we started to rebuild. You know, I, I went in for a month just sitting down. I remember just putting my head down and saying, what is next? What do I do now? Um, what can I, how can I make this work? Can we go online? If we have to go online, what equipment do we need? What software do I need? The current team, small team that I had at the time, is there any one of them willing to come online with me? Can we learn together? What can we do? And that's where I think the whole journey actually started. Wow, that's so great listening to that. And um, what I'm fascinated about there actually is when you just explain that you sat down and you kind of put your head in your hands and you're thinking and you're asking yourself, how do I make this work? Mm. How do we reach out to people? How do we go online? Um, because I'm actually, I've got some students I'm working with at the moment, I'm coaching through their business ideas. And one of the things we've been exploring is how we don't actually teach young people or adults how the brain works. So don't you think it's quite ironic that we go through our life and our brain leads our thoughts, our actions, our emotions, our capabilities and yet no one ever gives us a manual and says right this is how your brain works if you just kind of maybe read this bit and watch this you can actually lead quite a successful fulfilling happy life because now you're going to know how your brain leads everything and one of the things we actually talk about and focus on is helping people understand that if you can ask the right types of questions which I call power questions your brain will then search for the answer because our brain is such a powerful computer that if we ask it something, it will go and search for the answer, even if the answers might seem a little bit strange. So for example, if we are unhappy with something and our brain says, well, why does this happen to me? Your brain is going to give you the answers, even if they're not helpful. So what I just found fascinating with me focusing on this at the moment is that your brain said, how do I make this work? How do we go online? How do we get around the challenges? So now I've brought that to your attention. Would you say that that's something that you've always been good at throughout your life of addressing a problem and then trying to come up with ways to solve it? Or is this was, was that kind of something that's quite new to you? It's interesting you've put it like that because I think my maths background and even the way I teach my students, um, I teach them that, you know, this is just more than maths. This is this is way more than maths. Yeah. This is also the way the way we look at problems in maths is, OK, we'll try and do it this way. But then if we try and it doesn't work, is there any other way we can try? But then that's life. So when you have a problem, so this is why I say to my students, you don't run away from it. You see what you can do. So you see, how can you do it? What can you do? If it's, this is not working, is there something else you can do to make it work? And even if you don't get a final solution, the fact that you've actually attempted the problem, you've actually started to put some steps into place, that's already, you've already made progress and you might not get a final, final end answer solution, but you've started it. 
you've looked into it. So I think that's how I've always approached. So you put a problem in front of me. I don't want to repeat that same. Yeah, I don't want to go on and complain about the same thing. I'm like, okay, what's next? This has happened. How do we move forward from here? What is next right now? And I think that just came, but it's just a little bit sad because I'm thinking COVID didn't have to happen for me to really take time back to brainstorm about what's next for my business. That's the only thing I would say about that. You know, I don't always have to wait for such a big pandemic before that happens again. Yeah, thank you. That's uh, that's a great way you've just described how that happened. And actually, with you just raising that last point, what it makes me think about is it's kind of almost how problems arrive in life. Okay, we have problems happen. And if you can take the time in your schedule to actually think about the challenges you're facing, what a lot of people don't then do is find what I call to think time. So we all have a to-do list, but we don't necessarily have a to think list. And, and one of the things I do myself in my business is a bit like you did, but I do it regularly. I will actually sit down and say, what am I trying to achieve? What's my main vision for the future? What's stopping me getting there? And what can I be doing today to help move through those challenges and achieve my goals? So I actually do this on a regular basis now, but I never used to. So, um, you know, I think for anyone that's listening or watching this, it's interesting for them to hear that we are both proactively dealing with challenges. I I came across um, a great book called Principles. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's by an author called Ray Dalio. And Ray Dalio is a fund manager, a financial investor, trader, if that's the right phrase, uh, from the States. And he used to say that what a lot of people don't do is they don't like to address the problems in life. It's almost as if, you know, one way we can get used to dealing with things is actually by ignoring them. We can sometimes don't want to face up to it because we know it could be a bit of some issues there. And what he actually said is that he hunts down problems. So, you know, he he actually is looking for the problem because often the seed of the opportunity um, lies in the problem. Um, And so, yeah, I've started to use that as well. And actually in some of our programs, um, you know, for people that are maybe wanting to do what you've done and gone from being employed, working for someone else, to wanting to take control of their destiny and start their own business. One of the things we will do is start to think about, okay, well, let's do this in a a series of stages. Let's work out what they might be and let's actually hunt down the problems. Um, And we've actually put those into missions and tasks and um, in our incubator program. So uh, it's great to talk to someone who is already doing that. So, okay, well, look, Tutu, would you then maybe share with everybody what your plans for the future might be. So let's let's imagine that um, um, one of our previous podcasters, actually, Jamie, uh, gave me this example. He said, when you've got a downhill skier, the really top ones, the talented ones, the ones that can achieve outstanding performance, they don't think about the trees and the bollards and the problems. When they're downhill skiing, they've just got their mind on the track 
and they are working out exactly how they're going to make their way down to the bottom. So would you maybe share any of your thoughts and ideas without worrying about how you might do it? Could you maybe share what some dreams and goals might be for you in your future? Oh, that's amazing. Um, I I would like to uh, get more involved with schools, especially um, actually both both primary and secondary school, and revisit the way some of these subjects are taught to our children to make um, to make learning a lot easier for them. Um, so, I mean, I'm passionate about my subject, maths, but then this, this idea stems from maths, but it can also filter onto the other subjects that we provide. But we have students get going into secondary school and they still don't know their times table. And I found out from, from my maths practice, I found out, I mean, I did, I did a, I did an article about why children struggle with maths. And from my years of teaching, I found out it's just one reason, just one reason. And that's because of their times table. So if your child struggles with times table, then they're going to struggle with every single aspect of maths. Wow. Yeah. If the times table can be fixed, it can be sorted out then it becomes a lot easier for them to access maths, right? So that's the main thing. That's the big principal thing. So then I'm thinking, so why are we allowing our kids to go into secondary schools and they still don't know their time table? Obviously, the maths questions are going to become more difficult as time goes. Um, and if they're still missing this underlying, you know, fundamental uh, factor, it's going to keep compounding. So they're going to keep struggling and struggling. So while we're letting them go into schools and still these things that are missing, and what they, I then found out is we don't actually teach timetable at schools. We don't. We expect the children to know to a certain degree what their timetable is. At primary school level, they teach them the application of the time table. So that's my main thing. I want to be able to work with schools and change the way we teach certain things. And I've I found this in math, not only maths, there are things in English as well from working with my colleagues, seeing that can change. So that's that's my big plan. That's because I don't know, this is what I love doing. So how that would impact my business, I don't know. But that's, that's, that's the shift that I'm looking for. Thank you for sharing that. And so for our listeners and viewers, again, that for me is what's called the business model. So the business model is how what's the core operation and how are you going to make your money? So if we just imagine for the moment, as, as you've already described, you've already got the Technus Academy model. So you've got um, students and a fee is being paid in some way, shape or form that pays for your services. So that's the business model you've already got. So if we just for a moment then think about where you are today and you've just talked about that vision of tomorrow, for our listeners, 
what I'm actually thinking now is you've got a couple of options here for you. One option is, do you go around what's called the B2B route, the business to business? So it's Technus Academy connecting maybe with local authorities or connecting directly to schools, private schools as well, of course. Or do you stay on the side which you are on at the moment, which is business to consumer, which is direct to parents? So although obviously it's the students, the young children who are the recipients, you kind of it's it's a bit of a strange one because you want them to engage with you as a tutor and you want them to enjoy it, but actually it's the parents who pay. So you've got kind of two clients you're talking to there, which is quite unique, quite interesting. Um, but I just wanted to share that with you as well because in my experience with our organization at Rocketeer, we started out and are still heavily a B2B business. That's the, our predominant, that's our main core business model. We've got contracts with the MOJ, um, with different prisons, um, delivering business startup hubs. And that's where we started. We still do it. What I've been working on pre-COVID is how we make that shift with our new business model, a new way of generating revenue, on the B2C side, which is business to consumer. So we've got a platform now. Um, we've got projects and programs to connect with uh, individuals and to help them you know, start to consider their own side hustles and startups like you've done. And then it's how do we support them on that journey with our platform and our programs. So I just wanted to raise that and just ask you, you know, what's your gut feeling in regards to those two choices, uh, yeah, what do you think to that? Well, I, for me, I think a business should be able to do both. And I think that's where Technics Academy is at, at the moment. So we are doing the B2C business to consumers. We're doing that side. But we've also started to work with local schools, going into local schools and helping them raise their their students' um, grades, helping working with them on a short-term basis um, to help, um, you know, build the confidence. Because the, the other side of Technus Academy as well is just beyond tutoring. We work on the child's mindset. We make them believe in themselves. We create this fantastic environment, which is a winning environment where everyone wants to do well. And then it bounces off the other students as well. And everyone's like, oh, so I'm not, just the only one here uh, turning up for because most of the kids will think what why am I even doing extra work do you get what I mean and then they get into this community where everyone's there everyone's learning they don't seem to mind they're happy to give up their Saturday mornings to come and do extra maths and English so actually it's not so bad after all and we're teaching them also about hard work we we make them accountable as well you know so those are the things that we take into some of the local schools that we work with. And we've had some su successful work done with some of those local schools. And we also have um, very unique ways of teaching these things. So a way that is easier for the children to remember, to recall. So I think we're doing both at the moment. So, I, But I think we need more of the B2B, which is working with more local schools. And in fact, working maybe with a local authority, not just directly with the schools. 
Okay, thank you for sharing. That's excellent. It's exciting. And a couple of things I'd like to add in just from my actual personal experience, if that's all right, because I want to support you on this journey. Oh, thank you. So a couple of things. Number one, what I found is when I have a clear vision, then I know that I'm taking action every day to move towards it. So I don't, do you remember when we went back to you with your head on the table Mm -hmm. and you were trying to solve that problem and then you started to come up with ways to solve that problem. So if there's one kind of helpful tip I'd give you is going back to that idea of just forgetting the problems and the challenges for a minute. If you could maybe look to say five years ahead and paint a picture of success for you and for Technus Academy. Now, I'll give you an example. So that's my vision. That's a vision statement. So my vision statement is I want to help a million people around the world create and start their own digital tech business. That's that's my mission. Sorry, that's my vision. So how I actually get there is what I do every day, and that's called a mission statement. So my mission statement is to simplify the complicated process of helping people start a digital business. So you can see there, if I'm always thinking, how can I simplify this process for people? That's going to give them value and benefit from their start point. And then what we want them to then do is then create that vision of the future. A great little story I use is if we ever see people who go to the gym and they're big, and we can see the muscles popping out, popping out everywhere. You know, whether we like that or not, what we know is that that person once was not that shape. They once had this vision, like you and me with our businesses, to get into that shape. But what we also know when we look at them is we know that they're training every day and they're working out every day. And I think sometimes that's what people miss with businesses. They see success. They see a little bit of money. Some people show off a lot online. We know that, and that's not always helpful. But when we see someone with a successful business, we don't always see what they're doing every day to get there. And so if that's, you know, I'd like to think that might be of help. Spend your time on that future vision, but don't worry how you're going to get there because that's when you start to apply those, you know, those problem-solving skills we talked about earlier. And then it's about what am I going to do every day to achieve that goal? Um, And and for those who might be listening and watching, you know, who have been, maybe they've just started a side hustle or they're starting to think about what they might want to do for their future business. You know, we very much covered it in this podcast because what you need is a way that you're going to make your money, which is your business model. Now, what you've done Tutu is you've already gone through that early development stage and you've already created a great business model. You know, you found your client, your customers, and you're making your money, and now you're working out how to grow. So what the question I would leave you with is you need to look at what the potential profit margins are in the B2B opportunity, but also keep looking at what the profit margins are and how you might scale what you've already got. Because there's a great digital marketer called Gary V, who I'm sure you may have heard of. And I remember him saying once in something I was listening to, and he said, going from a B to B to a B to C is like going from being an elephant to wanting to be a penguin. Mm -hmm. 
It's really, really difficult. And so just bear in mind that that journey going from one to the other is not easy. And so, you know, I, I'm, that's one of the reasons we've transitioned over to B2C is because there's such a huge market and there's such an opportunity to reach people. And with digital, we can scale it. Whereas with our B2B business, they're a lot harder to get the contracts and we have to work hard to find the right staff to deliver. There's a lot of time and effort goes into the training. And so, you know, these all need to be looked at when you're looking for growth and expansion. But for those who are starting, it's find that first idea, find your first business model. Is it B2B? Is it B2C? Create your vision of what you can achieve if you work hard. And then it's about what's my mission statement going to be? And what are the challenges in front of me so that the brain can start to work out, work out what the answers might be. So I appreciate that. Thank you for the advice. Yeah, no problem. So how have you, so when you think about your stepping into working with um, uh, schools, uh, how do you think in regards to the funds that the schools have got available? Because that's one of the challenges that I find when I'm talking to B2B is that, unless they can see a clear uh, benefit connected to their own targets as an organization, and unless you can get to the decision maker quite quickly, (laughs) those two things become really, really important in growing and expanding your B2B business. So what do you think about those two points? I totally agree. So with with the B2B, you need well, you need to know what it is that they really need as well. And so I think we are lucky in terms of what some of those schools need is what we offer. I mean, some some of the presentations that I did to the school and I I came up with a few programs and I was saying to them, um, you might benefit from, your students might benefit from this, maybe not this. And and they were like, oh, wow, this is brilliant. This is exactly what our students need. So again, getting to know the the schools um, really helped as well. Getting to know exactly what they needed but then I'm not going extremely out of my way to meet those needs because that's exactly, I say to them, I say to them, this is not something that we want to trial out on your students. We're not using your students. We're not going to be using your students as guinea pigs. These are already trialed and tested with our own students. And we have results to back it up, to show that, you know, we've done this before. So I I guess I would say we're very lucky in terms of that. We didn't have to come up with this massive, these are things we're already doing, and then it works for them as well. Yeah, that's great. Well, it's not luck, remember, because you've worked hard to do this. So I I do think the harder we work, the luckier we get. But you've, you know, you've worked very hard to do this. You know, you explained earlier about, you know, looking after your child who wasn't very well and, you know, you're trying to bring up the family, be the mom. And we all know the moms do so much around the house. It's like, I don't know how you do it all, to be honest. So, you know, hands up, fair play, amazing. So it's not it's not luck. Uh, it's hard work. So let me, let, let me just ask you that other point then without you giving away the details, because that's not fair because the details is your business model and that's what you're working hard to develop but have you identified the price point that's going to be profitable for you 
matched against what they're actually going to access. So if it's whether it's tutors or whether it's a platform um, or it's a license fee. So, you know, have you looked at that? And then, you know, do you think that that's something that's affordable and scalable for schools and local authorities so you can expand it? Definitely. We've identified the price point. And yes, is something that is scalable and is affordable and should be affordable for a lot of schools. Yes. Oh, great. It all, it all depends as well, because like for every um, for every organization, they have their budgets, they have things they prioritize on. But yeah, for majority of the schools that we're hoping to work with in the future, they would be able to um, afford it and yeah, and we'll be able to to scale it. That's excellent, excellent. So I, you, I've just remembered actually uh, quite a few years ago now, I was going through some uh, research um, and I came across this uh, South Korean um, maths tutor. And what he did, you know, is so funny. So he would dress, I don't know if you've come across it, I don't remember his name, but I remember that he used to dress up in different outfits so he would have a counter like his like his like his uh, desk where he's presenting to his class and he would still go through all of the key i think he was going through algebra so it was all like the technical math stuff but he would just dress up like as a chicken or he'd dress up as an, an elephant or and he would come on in these crazy outfits and and the students just found it so funny and interesting um and then I delved into the business model and he'd got um, 10,000 students paying the equivalent of 25 pounds a month for the program. So I, you know, I remember this phrase and it's called don't jump over all the rooftops to find the same chimneys. So just be aware as the owner of your business, you know that the responsibility falls on you for that business to work and the business doesn't care about our feelings which I find quite hard sometimes because you and I know how hard it is setting up and running a business but the business doesn't care about our feelings it just cares about results so you know the one bit of advice I give you is you know your business better than anybody you've already got that b2c client base and you're exploring other options and you're right to you know the biggest and the best companies are always doing R&D because if you're not doing research and development, you might end up going extinct like the dinosaurs, like the Woolworths, like the Kodaks, all these big businesses that didn't look to evolve as an organization. And so I think you're right to look at it, but also remember that you've probably still got quite a lot of opportunity that's sat there with your B2C business that might not take too much tweaking. appreciate that. Thank you for that. No problem. No problem. Well, Tutu, have you got anything you want to ask me before we before we wrap up? Because I've got one final question to ask you. Um, so my question would be from um, from a business person to a business person. So, you know, I know from the little time that I spoke with you and I've been listening to your podcast. So the story about the South Korean teacher heard you on your podcast. And I totally enjoy your podcast, by the way. Oh, thank you. So my question would be, how do you balance it all? Because I see you doing a lot of different things. I mean, you've got contracts with MOJ. You are doing this podcast. You're doing other things. You're helping small businesses. 
how do you balance it all? How do you know what to prioritize? How, when do you know when to leave one and focus on the other? That's yeah. Great question. Um, you making me wonder how I am doing it actually. So for me, front and center, what I've learned is that, um, I need to make sure that the, um, business model that I've got now is nurtured, cared for and looked after. Uh, and that takes quite a lot of work because, you know, you want to make sure that your clients are happy. You want to make sure that you're delivering great value all the time, that you're collecting this feedback. You talked about results before and being able to show the school. So that data becomes really important. And, you know, you can share that on your social media accounts. So for me, number one priority is um, I've got to make sure that the that the business we've got is looked after and taken care of. And then then it's about how do you fit together all the parts that make that business work well? And what I've realized is the way that the best way to grow and expand an organization is for you as the individual not to be the core person. So doing, you know, if someone's, if someone's listener has got a business idea and actually they, they don't have the skills to do it, that's okay. Because what that means is you've got to create a business model that operates around it. And that might mean you bring in experts. So as an example, let's say you'd have a, you'd have a conversation about a new subject to teach and you didn't know, let's say it was um, you wanted to teach Portuguese and you don't know Portuguese. What would be great is to now just go and find Portuguese teachers rather than you learning it. So that idea of, you know, how can you take your idea and grow and expand it by making sure you've got all the parts. And so what I've done over the last few years is we've um, had our money come in from our businesses. We've covered our costs and then we've used the profit to reinvest into growth. So, um, you know, for a long time, I was driving around in a Nissan Micra. We were becoming more profitable. And rather than buy a nice new car, which I could afford, I kept reinvesting those profits. And I still do today into our platform and our new programs. Because for me, that's where the opportunity to grow and expand, you know, comes about. So number one is look after the business model you've got. Number two is to create a business that can operate um, less and less reliance on you. And then I would say the way I actually manage that is it is in my timetable and is in what I'm doing on a daily basis. So I actually build in to think time. I actually build in at what time do I need to spend to make the current business model secure and able to grow and then where do I build in my R&D time? And it's just a very old-fashioned Google Docs timetable, Google Calendar. And I actually, um, I just section out the different things that I need to do each week. So, you know, how much time do I need to spend on admin? How much time do I need to spend on sales? How much time do I need to spend on supporting the team? How much time on marketing, social and now it's not me doing it all because we've got someone now who's an office manager. We've got someone now that we've recently taken on who's um, our social media expert. I've got a tech expert. 
So, and that's organic growth. And it's back to what we were saying before about the person that goes to the gym and now looks like Mrs. Universe or Mr. Universe. It takes time to get into that shape. Um, but it's definitely achievable. And that, that's probably the way I'd say to you is sit down, look at that vision, create that vision, come back to where you are, look after the business model that's going to potentially fund a lot of that expansion and then put together your timetable, especially around the steps that you can start to take to reach these targets. You know, for example, for you, you could maybe take 20% of your time or 20% of the business's time, it might be more of your time if you've got more people, 20% of the business's time might be being spent on exploring these new opportunities with schools, whereas 80% of the business time needs to be spent on looking after the customers you've got and maybe getting new clients. That's great. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I hope that was helpful. Oh, 100%. That was really good. Thank you. Okay, great. Oh, Can I yes. just show you yeah. how much notes I've taken down? I've come on the podcast, but I'm gaining lots. <laughs> so. what? Do you know what? I, uh, I was writing a few things down as well. So. And again, another lesson for people who are watching and learning that want to set up and run their businesses, every day is a learning day, you know, I, and if you've got that open mind, I heard some one day that the mind works best when it's like a parachute, which is open. You know, you're very open-minded. I'm open-minded. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. It's good to see yeah, the note-taking. Okay, so the last question then, just to, just to wrap this up. If you could go back to when you first started with your ideas, what would you say to yourself um, with tips and encouragement? to get to where you are now? Hmm. I would say uh, never doubt myself. I would say never doubt myself. And then I, the second thing I would say to myself is um, part of what you've just mentioned, um, building a business model where I'm not needed 100% of the time. So because it got to a point in my business where I was always the bottleneck. So there were things ready to move on, but it was always me delaying that because I haven't got round to it. Or, so I would have, um, going back, if I knew this, I would have built something where didn't have to revolve around me as much. Luckily, I learned along the line, which is always good, you know, but um, that never doubt myself for whatever reason. Um, just believe, believe in yourself um, and build something where um, everyone can be decision makers. And maybe that only makes sense to me, but the way that I'm working with my team now, if they brought a problem to the table, I would be like, what could you have done? How could we have made this better? If it happens again next time, how are we going to respond? Oh, but I was waiting for you to, to no, you don't have to wait for me in certain things like this. You know, you can make that decision. You've got that power to be able to do it. But I wish I knew that earlier so that that's what i would say to myself yeah that's really helpful thanks because um 
that's you know great advice for me and for you moving forwards is how do we empower empower our teams to achieve achieve success Tutu, I've got to say, you know, it's been fantastic to listen to you today and to chat with you. And you've inspired me. You know, it reminds me sometimes as a as, as a guy that hasn't got a young family to bring up. You know, my children have grown up now. and But yet, you know, I know there's so much more I could do to help my partner. Um, and yet I still sometimes think that I haven't got the time I need to achieve what I want to do. So, you know, to speak to you, a, a mom, which, by the way, I think is the most important job in the world. You know, being a good mom really impacts your, you know, children. And so I just take my hat off to you. You know, you're doing that. You know, you're running your business. I, you're probably running the home as well, if uh, if, if you like most of the moms and mm-hmm. and women. So yeah, you just inspired me today and uh, to want to move on and crack on with my business. So thank you very much for taking the time to meet today. Thank you for having me, Richard. It's an absolute pleasure, and I've enjoyed every minute of this podcast so would you um would you consider then maybe coming back in the future and letting our listeners and audience know how you've got on you know with your thoughts around you know maybe taking more significant steps into the the schools and local authorities you know as opposed to how you're already developing and growing your current business so would you maybe come back and share how that's gone in the future 100 percent 100 percent you send the invite and i'll be there great all right thank you so much tutu thank you thank you bye bye bye